0: Same morning to you, Mike McNamara, for a Thursday edition of All Marine Radio, right here on your home fort, the All Warrior Radio Network. Hope you're Thursday doing all right. Uh, you're gonna hear Grant Newsham today, and uh, then two thirds of the Mensa trio will join me, Jeff traveling. So we'll talk to Will and Tim and do our little open source ops intel. And uh, I just recorded the uh, the segment that I did with uh, you'll hear it with Grant. And uh, before I talk to Tim and Will, so one of the things I want to ask them about if they're in a if they're members of a high level OPT operational pr- planning team. Uh, that's Chinese looking at their problem relative to Taiwan how does what we've seen affect our calculus and then flip it over and say the same thing if you're part of the Chinese military and defense establishment what we've watched here what are the lessons for us so I want to I want to I'm curious about that as going through my head so anyway we'll do that and um Again, we continue to watch and you know, I think the, the great challenge is as you do any form of analysis relative to this is that your heart um is so into the fight with the the Ukrainians and um you know, it, it's to try to continue to see it through clear eyes and not your emotional eyes that of what you would like to see. Um and so I think that that that's a challenge every day to do this and provide lucid commentary and explain, you know, and a lot of the stuff we do here is is try to explain stuff. Like, you know, the the you know for whatever reason, you know, um, there's an obsession with this 40 mile long convoy, and then Will puts it into context. Right when I moved from Kuwait to Iraq, I had three serials Every one of them was about 20 miles. By the time you know we had 200 meters between vehicles. Um, and again, e- okay, so we'll cut that in half. That Now you have two comforts. Will was a battalion. Okay, so um, yeah, for whatever reason, shiny object got people's attention. Um, but again, explaining stuff like that, um, explaining things like troop to task and what that allows you or does not allow you to do relative to an urban environment, who owns urban terrain, uh, relative to who is a dominant player in in those venues, and so anyway, um, yeah. So we will we will talk all of that uh, as uh, another day dayfold. But um, the I, the biggest news that has come out in the last twenty four hours is uh, the city of Kierksen, Kiereson, I think it's K H E R E O S O N something like that. Uh, In southeastern Ukraine, down near Crimea, has become the first city, major city, if you will, um, or a relatively large city to fall of about 456,000 people to the Russians. Now, think about that. A week in, one Ukrainian city has fallen. Hmm. Interesting, right? Not, I'm sure not the way the russians drew this up so uh so we'll we'll talk about that today and what appears to be i guess growing signs that there'll be some kind of amphibious effort um in the southern part of uh ukraine near odessa so uh that is you're seeing rumblings of that so United States Marine Corps Band makes this morning official on this Thursday, the third day of March. Good morning to you. entire week um, and this is dedicated to the uh, <clears throat> the people of Ukraine the in um, particular their military um, that's fighting this heroic fight and uh, like I said I don't know that you can say enough about you know somebody who grabs a weapon and and goes out to meet their fate in the, in in the defense of their nation and so, um, you know, when I say that um, relative to anybody, you have to respect that. Unless you're murdering innocent civilians, then that becomes a bullshit event. So, um, yeah, I mean, you grow up believing your country's right. You 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 go fight for it in an in an honorable way, but to those people who under that pretense then murder civilians. And again, that's what that's what you're going to want you're going to watch the Russian military do. This is how they do it. This is what they did down at Grozny and this is what they they repeat they were going to shell the civilian population. When when the world will watch with China's sponsorship, but nobody's going to say shit to China, right? Just like they didn't say anything about Hong Kong, just like they didn't say anything about the Uyghurs. And then there's going to be a pretty good discussion when we get to the backside of this. Is how do the Chinese, because of because of the money that people can make in China, they get a pass on everything? That's fucking bullshit. On that note, just dedicated to the people of Ukraine and their military. Happy hunting. <laughs>
3: challenging
4: conditions and odds to win. You gotta win.
0: We'll take a quick look at temperatures around the world, and then uh, we'll do a pretty quick check in news headlines, and then Will and uh, Tim Lynch will join me here on this uh, Thursday. Currently in Quantico, the crossroads of the Marine Corps. It is 48 degrees. And partly sunny. No, (laughs) that's not it. That's Costa Mesa. Currently, it's cloudy and 52 in Quantico. Down the coast at Marine Corps Air Station Cherry Point, home of the 2nd Marine Air Wing. Yeah, that's who lives there. Sunny in 64, so wow, it's going to be warm. In the Carolinas today. Uh, 29 Palms, sun in 54. Camp Pendleton, sunny in 48. Camp Pendleton's got four weather alerts. I should probably investigate that because I live near there. Must be going to be windy, huh? Well, let's find out. Dense fog advisory. Um, let's see. dense fog advisory. that's for this morning a gale watch for Friday small craft advisory on Friday and a marine weather statement until Thursday at 10 am. So yeah, Friday gonna bring rain here in Southern California so anyhow, yeah. Wait a minute, what happened? Where did the weather go? Did I delete it? I didn't delete it, I closed it. The, um... I I can't do the weather without music. Uh, There's something about it. It just sounds, like, weird to me. Okay. So we've got the Pendleton. Further west in the Pacific, Camp Smith in Hawaii is dark, cloudy, and 65. On Okinawa, clear dark at fifty-eight. Whoa, don't see that very often. And let's see, the two other places I have on my map, Darwin is cloudy in eighty-two. And in Frankfurt, Germany, where they are nine hours ahead. So it's approximately five in the afternoon. It is partly sunny and thirty-eight degrees in Frankfurt. Well I'll be going. Yeah, never been. I don't think I've ever been to Frankfurt. Even, you know, to their airport going places. So, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. They're excited. And uh, let me just tell you, post-traumatic winning is, is, I mean, really something to see the excitement of leaders um, as they find, you know, a tool that they believe, you know, they look at it and they're like, this makes sense. We can do this. And if these units have done it with these results, holy shit, man. Right? If these jackass Marines could do it like we Air Force people ought to be able to do it, yes. Oh, yeah. Makes you want to eat a crayon, doesn't it, motherfuckers? (laughs) Yeah, what's up? You want here? I've got some in my pocket. You want one? Exactly. And I warned him about that shit. Hey, look. I hear anybody say crayon eater, there's going to be trouble here. And they all start laughing. So, anyhow. Uh, yeah. Um, I think I head that way on Monday. Um, if you can get a direct flight from Los Angeles to Frankfurt, it's like an 11-hour flight. That's pretty That's pretty good. Man. If you got to connect, I think it turns into about 15 hours. So, so anyway, be headed there and I'm excited. Um, also going to be heading back to the Washington, D.C. area um, in April, I think. So uh, excited about that. So uh, yeah, I get to see my grandson, my newest grandson, my older grandson, and then uh, both my sons and their, and their wives. So, uh, so that'll be cool. And, uh, and always fun to go to the nation's capital. So I enjoy that. Um, uh, some news headlines. And then, uh, and then Will and, and Tim will join me today. Uh, top story in Stars and Stripes today, Fort Stewart soldiers deploying to Europe will draw heavy weapons from the Army stockpile on the continent for the first time. So this is, a, I mean, the equivalent of the Maritime pre Forces for the Marine Corps being used for the first time. Um, uh, so, uh, so that is the top story. Number two story is U.S. cancels nuclear missile test scheduled for this weekend amid tensions with Russia. Russia. Prudent thing to do, right? Prudent thing to do. So uh, those are the top headlines in Stars and Stripes. Uh, Top headline in the Wall Street Journal is um, Russian forces advance in southern Ukraine ahead of talks. Ukrainians hold back Russia's push on Kiev. And again, just again, you're going to hear this and you've heard it already, but, you know, Going into a city is rough business, man. And if uh, and and if I did the math and said fifty percent of the, the people there, and and that's that's even a high number. When we say trigger pullers, that includes like all the rocket forces, artillery forces that the Russians have with them, right? It includes that. So that number, the the number of dismounts that will pull triggers in cities, that's a, I mean, that's an even smaller number than a. You know, then say total, you know, trigger pullers is 100,000, right? Peel out the artillery guys out of that. What is? What does that leave you? 80,000? 80, 80, 60,000? I don't know. Divide that by five now. Yeah, and so you can see by the time you start pulling all these different layers out. Um, and then you've got to use some of your force to, to, to guard stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's problematic. Anyway, the subheadline Ukrainians hold back Russia's push, push on Kiev. One million people have fled to neighboring European countries. So that's the top story. Um, here's some other, uh, other headlines from, uh, from the fighting and the fallout. Uh, Russia halts rocket engine deliveries to the United States. Volkswagen suspends car production in Russia and stops exports to Russia. Russia demands Google block false ads about the Ukrainian war. Canada's Kinross, the only big Western miner in Russia is suspending operations. The, um, Interesting kind of little war of words going on between Russia and Ukraine. Russia's defense ministry said that 498 Russian troops have been killed and 1,597 have been injured in the first seven seven days of the conflict. Moscow said its forces have killed 2,870 Ukrainian soldiers. Ukraine hasn't released its military casualty figures, but says its military has killed 5,840 Russian troops. Ukrainian officials have put the invasion's civilian death toll at 2,000. So anyway, up from the Wall Street Journal, from uh, the New York Times, their top headline: Russia's siege of key cities fuels a humanitarian crisis. Uh, next headline is more than 1 million have fled Ukraine. And again, I told you there's this there's this fixation on this convoy, right? Uh, Here's a story that was updated four hours ago by Megan Specia. The miles-long Russian convoy headed for Kiev is stalled, intelligence officials say. Has made little discernible progress in over three days, according to an intelligence assessment released by Britain's Ministry of Defense. Hold on, I have to sneeze. All right, I'm back. The, um... The convoy, seen in a number of satellite images taken this week, has raised alarm among military strategy experts who saw it as an indication that Russian forces were preparing for potentially new phase of unrestricted warfare. But so far, the convoy has appeared to stall in place. Analysts believe that it includes food supply trucks for soldiers, fuel for vehicles, and heavy artillery. The bulk of the convoy remains 18 miles from Kiev, having been delayed by staunch Ukrainian resistance, mechanical breakdowns, and congestion, according to the British assessment. And again, what's, the other thing that's interesting is supposedly um, the Russians are operating in, in the clear, so people are listening to this stuff, right? As long as you have a Russian translator. So so again, a bit of fixation, right? Next headline in New York Times, the war continued to push up energy prices with oil reaching nearly $120 a barrel. Here's the latest on the economic impact. And then the story that's that's gained, it's it's the biggest story related to China today and over the past couple of days. China asked Russia to delay its invasion until after the Beijing Olympics, a Western intelligence report says. Um and And listen to this in a reversal the Paralympics Committee barred athletes from Russia and Belarus from competing yikes right yikes I mean that's how that's how widespread right that's how widespread this is um a couple of there's an opinion piece that's interesting by Alexei Kovalov. Russia has suffered a crushing moral defeat, and Russians know it. Now, I'm just wondering, who is this guy? Normally at the end of it, they will tell you. Alexei Kovalov is the investigations editor at Medusa, in an independent Russian news outlet. So that's that's who wrote it. So when you see those things, it's important to who is this guy and what do they have to say? All right. Uh, that the New York Times. Uh, top stories in USNI news today uh, relative to this conflict. United Kingdom's diplomat, sanctions on Russia can be increased if necessary. I'll tell you, I mean, it's been stunning um, to watch as the business world has done what it's done relative to this stuff. Um, So that's been pretty amazing to watch. I mean, to include, like I just said, um, the Paralympic athletes of Russia and Belarus are not welcome. I mean, normally, yikes. Anyway, um, and you know what? I mean, as somebody who... Who worked for Special Olympics? Um, I mean, that's really shitty, you know. That's really shitty. Um, but I mean, the invasion of Ukraine is really shitty too. So I guess it. I guess it is what it is. Uh, top five stories in early bird today: Ukraine jets hit Russian column. Russia has used thermobarics, according to the Ukraine military. Now, the fact that Ukraine jets are still in the sky is a stunning, stunning story. Um, So, again, this thing was posted yesterday. Ukraine armed forces have been striking the long line of Russian troops headed to Kiev while Russians have used thermobaric weapons against Ukrainian cities, the head of Ukraine's Defense Intelligence Agency tells Military Times. We are striking the enemy's columns, said Brigadier General. Kirillo Budinov. We burn many enemy many columns of the enemy. The strikes, he said, are being conducted by Ukraine SU-24 and SU-25 fighter jets, artillery and miss- missile barrages. My intelligence officers and agents are directing and calling the strikes. Marine Lieutenant Colonel Anton Anton Sem- Semel Roth, a Pentagon spokesman, said Wednesday morning he would not speak to intel assessments of the situation. Quote, we've seen indications that at times and at certain places the convoys have been resisted by Ukrainian forces, and I think I have to leave it at that, the official said. We've seen indications that we are in no position to refute Iranian claims that they have hit these convoys. I'm interested in the aviation assets. That's what I'm interested in. Because if they're still flying, and if that's in fact true, um, then that's pretty stunning. Um, The other, the thermobaric thing, I mean, set your watch to it. They're the Russians, right? I mean, if you watch them in motion, even in conflict, you would just say they're animals, right? They're not humans. They don't treat people like humans. man. It is what it is. Um, Next story. Contaminants found in Hawaii water after Navy's purification efforts. So the Navy got a problem in Hawaii with fuel seeping into water, you know, big production about we're going to clean these things out and uh, there's still contaminants in the water. Uh, Next story. Military suicide prevention efforts are falling short, the Pentagon concedes. Defense Department officials on Wednesday acknowledged shortcomings in their suicide prevention programs as the number of lives lost to self-harm, that's what we're calling it now, in the ranks continues to increase. The trends are not going in the right direction, said Karen Orbis. Karen, if you look at the trend since 1999, it hasn't gone in the right direction. She goes on, over the past two years, we've seen a slight decline nationwide in suicides for our United States population, but that does not hold for the military. I'll give you the number in 2020. Suicide in the country went down 6%. Suicide in the active component of the American military went up 9%. How about that? Uniquely qualified, hand-selected, less than 1% that serves. Why is suicide in the DOD going up? Karen, why is it going up? Got an answer for that. Uh, no. Yeah, go ahead. Design another program at the Pentagon and see what happens. Okay. Suicide in the Reserve in 2020 went up 25%. Despite numerous new suicide prevention initiatives from military leaders in recent years, active duty suicides increased every year from 2015 to 2020, according to the Defense Department data. The total deaths from suicide increased by more than 40%. Fucking 40%. Oh, I can tell you where they went down. Call me. Yeah. 714-910-4419. Fuck, man. I didn't need to read that. Um, Next headline. Here's the damage the submarine Connecticut sustained when it hit an undersea mountain. Oh, it hit a it hit an undersea mountain. Is that what it did? Hmm. An undersea mountain, is that what we're is that what we're selling now? So, submarine hits mountain. How does that happen? Now, I could see if it hit something that wasn't there before. Hmm. The stealthy and pricey fast attack submarine Connecticut sustained damage to its forward main ballast tanks and sonar sphere in the nose when it collided with an undersea mountain on October 2nd in the South China Sea, and the sonar dome needs to be replaced, according to Subforce Pacific officials. But neither the pressure hull nor the nuclear propulsion plant suffered damage in the mishap. That's a good thing, right? So anyway, quote, Based on the damage, there's no risk to the submarine's buoyancy or stability, the Navy Times was told. But Wednesday's disclosure to Navy Times is the first official tally of what the undersea mishap did to the Seawolf class, one of only three in the sea service. So, anyway, does it give it a timeline for when this shit will be done? But how long it will take to get Connecticut back into the fight and how much it will cost remain unclear. Good God, man. There you go. Drove it into a mountain. God help us. Right. Very hectic. U.S. troops rushed to Europe amid the war, amid the Ukraine war. This is an Associated Press story. They had barely a week to prepare, getting medical screenings, making sure bills would be paid, arranging for relatives to care for children and pets before marching with rucksacks and rifles on the planes bound for Germany. Quote, it's been hectic and stressful, but overall it worked out, said Army Staff Sergeant Ricora Jackson, as she awaited with dozens of fellow soldiers to board a chartered flight at Hunter Army Airfield in Savannah, heading to Europe. They're among 3,800 troops from the 1st Armored Brigade of the Army's 3rd Infantry Division, based at nearby Fort Stewart in southeast Georgia who were ordered to deploy quickly and bolster U.S. forces in Europe after Russia's invasion of Ukraine. In all, the Pentagon has ordered 12,000 American service members from various U.S. bases to Europe. So that is in the news. Let me just cover a few operational headlines. Right, Uh, War crimes investigation launched against Russia as Ukraine's civilian deaths rise. Um, Al Jazeera has a page. Russia's invasion of Ukraine, list of key events from the eight days. Next headline from Reuters, Ukraine is staging counterattacks against Russian troops, according to Ukrainian officials. Let me tell you, I mean, I hope because if you were the Ukrainians, I mean, this is happening with, I would say, fair, it's fairly predictable what they did. okay. And um, so I don't think you need to be a Mensa brother. To figure this shit out so what would have been the ukrainian response you know we will fight them you know through these avenues approach and and choke points and then right assuming that they do penetrate us and and head towards the major urban areas how do we move what do we do right and we have to then fall in line and we have to get after their logistics right we have to get after the logistics. So I, I would love to, I'd be fascinated to, to sit and, and be able to listen and watch what they're doing. Um, next headline, this is in the Washington Post. Kiev sky lit by major blasts as battles, blasts, plural, as battle rages across Ukraine. And according to Ukrainian officials, these huge explosions were their surface-to-air missiles intercepting things and that's that was the big blast that they heard you know in the night so as opposed to you know a piece of ordinance hitting the ground and the ground absorbing much of it you know when it when it's detonated by another piece of ordinance in the air right in all its splendor you get to see that explosion um uh, the president of ukraine right he's the subject of the next headline ukraine Zelensky says defense lines holding against russian attacks And again, think about it. Eight days into this, one city of 456,000 people has fallen. Uh, Next story from Reuters. Russian column stalled for days outside Kiev. Next uh, headline, Washington Post, riding the evacuation train in Kiev, a scramble to get out as Russians close in. And then here's an interesting story. Um, from Reuters, Taiwan to more than double annual missile production capacity amid China tension, yeah look, you do not have to be a genius right just to, to to let the Americans know um, we need to buy stinger missiles in big numbers and we need to buy surface to ship missiles in big numbers, and we will stockpile the shit out of them because if the Ukraine can do it we we can certainly do it, so that is a uh, that is a look at your uh News headlines. And now, my friend, Grant Newsham, joins me. And behind him, my friends, the Mens Brothers. Stand by. Joining me on this Thursday, the third day of March, is Grant Newsham. Um, and so, Grant, uh, good morning. How are you?
1: i well, fine, thanks. Mm-hmm.
0: The... Um, Events continue to unfold in Russia. I'm sorry. Well, and not only in Russia, but obviously in, in Ukraine. Um, so before I start, we start talking about more specific things. Um, you have any general thoughts on all of this that that you've seen that the world watches?
1: Hmm. You know, I. You know, the one thing that. You know that's all that sort of struck me is that the you know, the world will often grasp at straws in situations like this and you for example you know you say so you saw how when the the iranians oh, excuse me the uh, ukrainians had some success uh in you know causing some harm to the the russians that they, they, we tend to get euphoric about that
5: right
1: as if we've driven them off uh, you know, kind of maybe like the when the, the Mexicans attacked the Alamo. Uh, you know, they launched, they attacked it a couple times, and the you know the Texans sort of beat them back, and then they just kind of regrouped and you know put some more manpower into it and did things a little differently, uh, and then took the place. So with the Ukraine, you know, I've you know from the beginning you've kind of wondered if the, the Russians were going to catch their breath. You know, figure out what they needed to do and then come and bulldoze the place and so that's one of the concerns that I've got and I wonder if we might be seeing that play out but there is that say, euphoria that uh, we go up and down and up and down and whereas a sober look at you know what's uh, what's going on the respective resources of each side and um, Uh, would perhaps be a little more in order. You know, I did an interview just yesterday, actually, on the radio show, and the the host was really going on about how, uh, you know, Russian soldiers were, you know, didn't know where they were, they were crying, they were going home, they were refusing orders. Uh, And that was his, you know, and that's all he talked about, you know. And, you know, yes, there's probably some examples of all of that, uh, but... I don't know that that characterizes the entire Russian uh, offensive. Um, so that's one thing. The other is that it, it's looking more and more like the, the the Chinese kind of gave the Russians the go-ahead. Uh, that's, you know, you read things here and there. Um, and it doesn't surprise me at all. And, you know, you hear that the Russians asked the Chinese to or the Chinese asked the Russians to please hold off until the, the Olympics are over. Uh, but with all of this stuff that, um, you know, the Russians are doing, Putin's doing, you know, one kind of suspects that he planned to do this all along. It was just a question of when. Uh, and it's uh, just a feeling you know, that one gets. and You know, you read little snippets here and there, and you know, that you know, makes sense. You know, and what the last thing that, you know, we're saying is the, the Chinese are trying to avoid... Uh, we're getting tarred with their close association with the Russians, you know, so they're trying to have it both ways. Um, the Ukrainians, of course, are now absolutely furious with the Chinese. Not surprising, but it's not well remembered that Ukraine and China had a very close relationship uh, for since the the 2000s. And there's even apparently around 2013 or so, there was a Ukraine and China actually signed an agreement. Uh, that put Ukraine under China's nuclear umbrella, in case something happened. I'm, I'm making this up. It appears to such the agreement appears to exist. Uh, I had no idea. Um, of course, China isn't going to honor it, but they the Ukrainians did get much, much uh, too deeply in bed with uh, with the Chinese. Sort of an odd, sort of an interesting little snippet. So, I was going to say,
0: a, a, have you been drinking? That, <laughs> have you been drinking? You know, like I'm, I'm, I've heard nobody cite that agreement or anything like that. And um, so might this, might this little outburst of yours be due to your clubbing uh, history and in no way, shape, or form linked to reality? Um, that actually happened?
1: And that was sort of, you know, the guy who sent it to me, I would not be inclined to... Uh, Discount it, and um, you know. My, he he said he'd never heard of it, and I won't say who he was, but he would know. And I said he, he said he hadn't. I said me too. I'd never heard of it, uh, but I'm not making this up. You know, as a practical matter, it's not going to make any difference, and I don't think China ever intended to uh, to sort of honor it. But I'm not. You so say I'm not making this up. You know, the clubbing comes later. So I uh, <laughs> no, it, it, yeah, much, I mean, much
0: later. I'm, know, it was I'm, I'm rarely, things. I'm rarely in the sauce this early.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, it was one thing that, uh, it's one of those things that you never, wow, that's different. Yeah. Cause if you read and follow the stuff, you kind of have a sense of a lot of things, but this is one I hadn't heard of and you know, I'm not making it up.
0: I swear to God. Um, the, um, let's talk about the euphoria, um, I mean certainly it's easy to allow your heart to um to to grab the the anecdotal stories that are that are coming out of Ukraine and uh and so at what point do they break squelch because I mean I mean most of the time you don't even know the sources of the stories that are that are coming out and 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 you see you know uh stories about um Russian units surrendering. You see uh, that I saw Richard Engel, who's an NBC correspondent, say that the Russians had estimated their casualties at 6,000 killed, I believe, this week. And um pretty amazing number, if that's true. Um, but... Uh, so, Grant, let me give you some of my calculus, and that is, um, when you look at the total number of troops involved in the... In the Russian invasion, um, two hundred thousand. And let's say we divide that into five five parts. And there's only four efforts, and we assign two two of the parts to, um, we assign two to the parts to Kiev. Okay, so that gets you. And and first of all, out of the two hundred thousand that that will go, how many are trigger pullers? If we're generous, we'd say fifty percent numbers probably south of that but if let's just if you start with a hundred thousand trigger pullers, right and we divide that by five right that's 20 per right and and then you're going to invest it, try to get after these cities with those that number of kind of troops and the to, troop to task and that's what you start with okay and that, that number begins to dwindle. So, so you look at that, and 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 if that's what they're because the Soviet system of conscript and heavy, 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 heavy supporting arms is designed to do what you're watching here, but with a lot more people, and that's what they did in World War Two. That's the model. Is you know, with this with this country we have the way we have it set up. We will be a force-based, you know, we'll have a lot of conscripts. Uh, we will, we, you know, they're not going to be informed. Uh, the lack of night operations uh, is interesting. Uh, where the where the Russian Air Force is also an interesting question. And so when you look at that, it's not like they can go to Kiev or Kharkov and, and conduct street-to-street operations. They just simply do not have the troop. The troops, the ass, as we would call it, to do that. So, what we're seeing in terms of supporting arms being fired into the city, and hopefully the city uh, giving up, uh, is is about what you're going to see. I'd be curious about your thoughts about that. Does he? Is there another card to play in all that, given the number of of, of troops involved in the invasion?
1: Yeah, I don't see it. It um, does look like the idea is to uh, just sort of encircle or isolate and then surround and flatten uh, and intimidate people into, you know, into surrendering, you know, and you, you get the, you know, the, as all this goes on, it makes it harder for the Iranian, the the Ukrainian, sorry, uh, government to continue to operate. It just makes everything harder. And, you know, it's, I, you know, I, I, peop, some people, observers say, "Well, this was all a very well thought out, you know, meticulous, step by step plan by the Russians." I'm not entirely sure of that. You know, I, my sense is that the idea was to uh, sort of um, with sort of a shock and awe and decapitation kind of effort uh, to just cause the whole Ukrainian thing to collapse. But that didn't happen. So, and as you know, two hundred thousand isn't a whole lot of guys, especially when you figure out, as you said, the trigger pullers. Um, it's not all that many.
5: Uh,
1: you know, it's it's probably enough if you think the other side is just going to pack it in, right. and they haven't done that. And so the, you know, this is not looking good, in, in a certain sense. You know, the Russians probably perhaps will bulldoze the Ukrainians into submission, ultimately. But, uh, but the you know, the Russians will be looked at askance for decades uh, and, you know, they just come across like, you know, like Mongols or Nazis or the Germans. It's uh, not really the image that you you want. And um, so from that perspective, I think it's already been a, been a defeat for the, the Russians. Although you know, they say they do have that clout that can, um, you know, pro- perhaps probably ultimately, uh, Win the day, uh, but the amphibious operations down in the south are all very interesting because I, I was reliably told that amphibious operations were obsolete and uh, <laughs> these <laughs> sorts of landings. I mean, they'll never happen again. Uh, so you know, they they seem to be working pretty well uh, down that-a-ways.
0: The um, yeah, I I, I again, I I think with two hundred thousand, if that's your if that's your right hook and a hundred thousand trigger pullers. And again, I'd say that's being generous um, relative to logistics troops, to um, to trigger pullers. Um, the gambit has to be that we will move rapidly. We will shock the government, right? We'll shock the nation. We'll roll up outside Kiev. And then, you know, we will meet, negotiate, and we will install a government. And, because, and, and here's the other thing I find interesting, Grant, and you can comment on this, but you know, the history of this region is not that those cities give up and they know their own history. They know their own history, right? I mean, in World War II, those, those cities did not give up, right? And, um, and if you want to, you know, read some amazing and just um, incredible stories of human suffering, of carnage in World War II, you know, Stalingrad, Leningrad, you know, and the siege of the cities and the Russian people—they wouldn't, wouldn't give up. And this is part of their history. So it'll be very interesting to see as the world watches this now, um, and this thing extends. And 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 really, what you're going to see is is really the only card they have left to play, you know. So precision guided munitions. Question is, how deep are their magazines? Right? I mean, we have to- we have we have Tomahawk missiles, and but when we start shooting them, like like they're candy. We don't have that many. so And how much is he already shot? And if this thing continues to go, um, then you're looking at tubed artillery with all of its accuracy fired against the civilian population. And that's what we're going to watch on TV. And so so to me, uh, there's no doubt that the shock and awe is what he expected. It is not what he's gotten. And again, the add to all of that, um, that... As you said, Grant, Russia is now a a pariah state, and and not just relative to the international community, relative to the international business community. Are you surprised at the way businesses have said we won't transport it, we won't uh, fund it, uh, we we have we're ceasing our partnerships? You know, you look at uh, Shell and British Petroleum, and and major major companies are walking away from with from billions of dollars of investments in Russia, just saying, we're, we're done, we're out. Um, and so, are, are you surprised at that?
1: Not really. Uh, and, and why I say that is that the Western businesses don't make enough money from Russia. Uh, that So you can, it's an easy decision for them to make, and you have the advantage of, you know, sort of moral preening. Uh, and, but with China, you know, that China has been doing equally horrific things, uh, worse, and over a longer period of time, and the Western business classes and financial classes has you know couldn't care less. They've done absolutely nothing, and you know the NBA, you know, just trot out any number of examples. Uh, you know they, ha- we know their uh, sorry record on when it comes to human rights in China. Uh, but with Russia, they're an easy one to go after because you you know you don't buy anything from Russia. You know when was the last time you bought anything that was made in Russia? Ever, uh, and except for the natural sort of the, the or the what, the natural resources companies, the
0: is CLBP, is, is, is vodka is that considered a natural resource or is that something uh, they produce?
1: Hazardous waste. I believe. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah uh,
0: no, I, I was just thinking, <laughs> what, what the hell I ever bought that came from Russia, right? And I think vodka is the only thing.
1: Yeah, so so that's you know to me I'm not all that surprised. It's an easy thing to, you know, to an easy position to take and you know, the oil companies they do you know there's plenty of oil around the world uh, and you know with the the Russia thing I think they it wasn't all that hard a, a decision for them to make uh, but the, to me the, the more interesting the more important thing is are you going to look at Russia and China as a pair uh, and give them about the same treatment you know if uh, say China. Well, when
0: you say as a, a pair do you mean um, do you mean to get to get in this together as a tandem, or do you mean look at um, China and in terms of uncoupling, for instance, uh, the American? I mean, again, if Germany was compromised by Russian energy inroads into the German economy, the United States is a hundredfold that relative to China. Or so are you talking about them together in this endeavor, or the American? Involvement in China,
1: I, I think the I, I was thinking you'd need to look at China as the equivalent of Russia in terms of the things it's done, in terms of its um, the threat it poses to the United States, and it's right. you know it said it's what it's going to do, and it needs to get something of the Russian treatment and its cooperation with Russia uh, on the invasion of Ukraine. Uh, you know, I think China is deserving of similar treatment. Uh, you know, one, you know example is that, you know, the Chinese shipping company, Costco, uh, is, you know, are they going to join Maersk, the European company, and refusing to go to Russian ports? You know, are they, if the Chinese are not going to um, hammer the Russians, and they're not going to, uh, then China should get the same treatment. As I, say, I think it already should get the same treatment. You know, when I when I say that, you know, you have to ask yourself, if not you, but one has to ask oneself, is... You know, think of some poor devil who's you know lying on the gurney, still uh, alert, and they're taking his organs out. Uh, and his crime is having been a Falun Gong member, or just a prisoner, or whatever, a Uyghur. Uh, this is what goes on in China, and nobody seems to care about this. You know, the concentration camps. You know, what's been done to Hong Kong. Uh, and you know, this has been going on for decades, and yet. You know, the American business, Western business doesn't seem to care much. But now with Russia, uh, you know, that um, they're going all out. So unless China gets similar treatment as the Russians, I'm not all that impressed with what our business class is, you know, is, is doing. And you know, also look at our political class, the ones who are, you know, calling for going after Russia and Putin. And I, and I say, oh, don't disagree with them, you know, and then ask yourself, well, what have they said about China? And then sometimes you ask, "What businesses do they have? What sort of money have they, or their husbands or relatives, made from China?" And it's you know, it, it can be a bit depressing when you consider it from that perspective.
0: So when you so this whole idea of decoupling the American economy, um, everything from. You know, drugs that gets made there to the the way we Wall Street funds them gets enormous pushback from the start. Right. Starting from Wall Street and then starting from media companies that will not cover. I mean, the events of Hong Kong. Right. The Uyghur thing. All of that is 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 all shunned. It's like put to the side. It's it's verboten. Right. And and we will cover it in a very nuanced way, but we will not get after it. And so um, so I guess the question is, what do the Chinese have to do? Right. That they haven't done already in order to be given the Russian treatment.
1: I guess and I would hope that an attack on Taiwan
0: or so. (laughs) It, it, It would have to come to that.
1: I'm afraid so. I don't know what else it would be. Yeah, looking at what they've done and what the response has been, um, you know, I think they would actually have to uh, attack Taiwan or, you know, sink a couple American, uh, U.S. Navy ships. That might um, get some attention. Uh, but I think it's going to have require that. You know, I used to wonder about with Japan. You know, what's it going to wake up Japan to the Chinese threat? Now they're kind of waking up, but I might. Bench, my sort of benchmark was I thought that it's going to take the Chinese to sink a uh, Japanese Navy ship down down south by the Senkaku's and then machine gun the the you know the survivors who are in the water. I think that would probably be what it would take to wake up the Japanese or a couple missiles into Tokyo from somewhere. Uh, and with the Americans, I'm not so sure it's all that that different. I think it is going to take some of the spilling of blood. Yeah, uh, you know, hopefully not just American blood. But,
0: but we're not talking about wake, waking up. What we're talking about is willfully ignoring for your own personal economic interests. That's what we're talking about.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, you can. You know, when there's money to be had, boy, the uh, uh Westerners can. Uh, boy, they'll contort, they'll perform like a seal at say uh, See, like a, a Sea World, world who right. thinks he's going to get a mackerel snack. I mean, they will absolutely contort themselves and do all sorts of tricks to get that money. And they, I don't think that overlooking what's going on in China, it causes the, the business class, the financial class, you know, even much uh, concern or much it doesn't require, uh, it's not, not very hard for them to do that. I think it kind of comes naturally.
0: The, um, as this thing continues to unfold, China continues to um, walk its own uh, delicate walk and again uh, China though gets such a pass because of its economic uh, integration into everything around the world uh, India in a similar, is noticeable in its um, silence uh, another country was Israel uh, Israel with uh, substantial ties to Moscow and uh for, for their own um, regional interest, as they would describe it. Um, your thoughts on India, your thoughts on Israel, in addition to China. Um, certainly, um, their unique relationships with both the United States and Russia simultaneously over the course of the years have caused them uh, some awkward moments, but this is the mother of all awkward moments. Uh, your thoughts on both Israel and India, as they try to do something similar to China,
1: hmm. you know. As for <laughs> excuse me, as for India, um, you know, of course, India has always had a, a long-standing relationship with the Russians, uh, particularly as a, a major arms supplier, and they were sort of politically aligned up to a in a certain respect for decades. Uh, so there is a sort of a, a constituency in India in the sort of the political world uh, that is pro Russia. Uh, but there's others who aren't. Uh, but more recently, the Indians really feel like the Americans sort of stiff them uh, on Afghanistan uh, by leaving, you know, the, leaving the way they did, and the Amer- Indians, you know, they'll say, well, why should we even, why should we listen to anything the United States uh, says because of that, uh, and
0: you know, that's part. Hey, Grant, of could you kind of could you pull the string on that and explain to everybody why the Indians feel like that? Um, what, was it, what is their interest in Afghanistan, and why do they feel like that? Because I don't think a lot of people understand the subtleties. Really, it's not so subtle, but I don't think the, the people under, a lot of people understand the complexity of that region and why that would um, piss the Indians off so much.
1: Well, if I figure it out, I'll let you know. But the, um, <laughs> uh, it's, the Indians see Afghanistan as sort of strategic terrain in a sense because it's on the other side of Pakistan. And that, uh, given that India sees Pakistan as a as, a, as a, an enemy, that having sort of a friendly regime or having sort of um, something that works to India's benefit in Afghanistan, rather than a say a Taliban government that's in bed with the Pakistanis, uh, that's to India's advantage. Um, plus, you know, a an Afghanistan that is run by Taliban that's um, you know tends to uh, support the terrorists who operate in via the Pakistanis, who, who operate in India. And so that's, they see that as the same way that we used to see Afghanistan as a what terrorist staging ground, uh, but to the Indians it's much more immediate. So um, the by the Americans leaving and turning the place over to the Taliban, or these terrorists who are going to then turn their eyes on India, uh, the Indians were not happy with that. And now to uh, try and... You know, influence uh, events in Afghanistan, I'm told the Indians are, are working with the Russians in a need in trying to cooperate with them to somehow uh, minimize the damage. So that's one reason why you would um, uh, you, you would abstain from that, um, that uh, with the, uh, the announcement. And there's also something that hasn't, you know, that hasn't gotten attention. It's a little bit on the, the woke end of things. But the uh, the Indians are, you know, have um, sort of uh, noticed and gotten sort of worked up about incidents that have been reported in Afghanistan or in Ukraine when uh, Indian students, say, for example, are trying to get out of the country and they're, they're not let onto, onto buses by Ukrainians. Uh, so they're kind of irked about that. You know, they, you know these brown skinned people who aren't allowed to, you know, they're kind of told to stand back. That, that Those reports of that, true or not, I don't know, but they've certainly gotten plenty of traction in parts of uh, even India's um, sort of political class. So those things uh, together um, sort of led the, the Indians to uh, abstain, I think. Um, but, of course, the Indians are going to, you know, if they, when the Chinese make their move on the different parts of the Indian border, um, they may hope that the Americans forget about uh, this abstention. Uh, so there's always trade-offs in all all of these kinds of decisions. Uh, as for Israel, um, they've um, always had a funny relationship with Russia, and its a commercial relationship to some extent. Uh, but there's a lot of uh, Jewish people in still in in Ukraine, for example. Um, but it's uh, the Israel Russia relationship is always an interesting one. And when I uh, worked for the bank in uh, in Tokyo, for example, uh, there was a fellow who came and wanted to do business uh, with us, and he was a Russian. Uh, he was actually a, a guy from Russia who was living in Israel, actually. And he, he was just a complete, like, mafia guy, you know, but, you know, total <laughs> mafia. And so we turned him down, of course, and didn't, you know, just he didn't go anywhere. And I had occasion to actually... Uh, Dine with the former head of Mossad in Asia, um, not too long after that. And I, I asked the guy at some point. I said, "Have you ever heard of this guy?" And he says, "Oh yes, he's a great guy, isn't he?" And that tells you a lot about the Israeli relationship with the uh, with the Russians. They've got a lot going on, uh, and are trying to play both sides of the the thing. You know, I've, um, so you know, the the abstention it. Um, really, you know, given the uh, nature of the U.S. and Israeli relationship and the support that America has given Israel for all these years, um, the optics are not very good when Israel abstains from the uh, sort of a, a resolution like this.
0: The um, I'm going to read you something and, and tell me if you if you would give this this report any credence. Um, quote. may never be known how much Xi knew in advance about Putin's plan, but Chinese diplomats appeared startled by Russia's invasion. They were visibly squirming when approached by Western counterparts in Beijing and at the UN in New York as tanks rolled in. Um, Article written, uh, the quotes come from uh, an article in The Economist. Um, You buy any of that?
1: No. uh, What I do buy is that the um Chinese Ministry of Foreign Affairs may not have been tipped off, uh, so the diplomats themselves may not have known, but that doesn't mean China didn't know the Ministry of Foreign Affairs has always been um sort of the, sort of in the second row in when it comes to uh, China so the fact that you may have some of those who were puzzled by it all they that doesn't surprise me, but it's, they, it's these guys don't really count it's uh you know, more Xi Jinping's level, you know, it's a different level and and sort of circle where the these sorts of things are done, as would happen with China and Ukraine. Um, You remember when uh, this was goodness, I forget 15 years ago, maybe when the Secretary of Defense Gates was visiting, um, visiting China, and they revealed I think it was their first stealth aircraft. It it was like the day he's while he was there, they showed it, you know, to embarrass, you know, the the idea, of course, being to embarrass him. And Gates said, well, you know, my people I was with, they didn't, they were obviously unaware of this. And his point was that, well, the Chinese are really great guys, uh, but they, you know, so they didn't, you know, the guys I know in China, they're great guys, they didn't know any of this. Well, that may be true that they didn't know, but they don't matter. It's someone else who really caused the shots in China. And it's not the ministry of foreign affairs or the the diplomats so i'm not all that you know you know i don't know what what the point is of this it's um i, I think uh missing a few things when uh, the economist thinks that uh, th- because of a few uh, flummoxed uh, diplomats that china had no idea what putin was going to do now th- those decisions get made in a very different place
0: got it um the issue of nuclear weapons and, and, and how they uh, complicate the calculus and all of this. So dovetailing off somebody who sees snippets of reports and, you know, and, and, and says, you know, look at either how great this is going or, or what, and, and you want to get carried away with that, right? Um, the fact that Russia's got nuclear weapons is a big deal. And um, and it it colors uh, the calculation, certainly for NATO, for the president of the United States and for all the leaders of of nation states and and that are uh, involved in this. Um, And so delivering arms, how you do that, how you support it, because there's been all these grandiose statements about where, you know, we've I think President Biden, you know, Like, what was it, $350 billion in aid or something like that, in military aid. So here's a story by um, a guy named Jim Scudo. Um, U.S. has delivered hundreds of Stinger anti-aircraft missiles to Ukraine for the first time over the last few days, including over 200 on Monday, CNN is is reporting. Um, How long does Russia suffer that? I mean, if CNN knows it, right? Uh, R- Russia knows it. And um, what do you what do you make of that? I mean, here's another report: Spain will send a shipment of offensive weapons and ammunition, including grenade launchers, machine guns, to Ukraine on Friday to help it repel the Russian invasion. Spanish Defense Minister Margarita Robles said. So, um, um, yeah, it's a uh, How long does Russia allow that before something else happens? Um, And that would be a member of of some organization being killed by Russians as they attempt to deliver this aid. Will Will Russia suffer this um, this kind of stuff? Well, and let me tell you, everybody knows when you say the word "stinger," right? That's a pregnant word. Uh, to the, uh, to the Russians, right. Afghanistan, right. They're struggling. Afghanistan can be related to the, you know, the, the, the Afghan, you know, fighters learning how to shoot that stinger and change the whole, uh, calculus of that fight. Uh, they didn't own the skies anymore. And, uh, and, and so I'm curious your thoughts about that because the nuclear thing is, 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 is can you know, obviously cannot be dismissed. And you see people commenting on this about, you know, the West doing more and whatnot. It's like, do, do you not understand, you know, um, what we're talking about here? And the guy who owns a bunch of them, it does not show like great signs of stability uh, at the moment or or give a shit factor is relatively low. So I'm curious about your thoughts on
1: that. Well, it's something to worry about, that's for sure. The, one way that, that I look at this is that you notice in everything that's happened here that Putin has never backed off. You know, the idea is, well, we'll do something and then he'll stop. But he just keeps going. You know, he, you know, it, he doubles down. You know, he just does the next thing. As if he hasn't got the the message that well, if we're doing all these things, he's supposed to apologize and you know go back into his room. Uh, but you're seeing a guy who is da- it, um, daring you know the West to uh, make the next move or to respond to him, and you really have to take this seriously. You know, if as you you've noted, you know, you shouldn't expect that he's going to just sit and take it. You know, as these weapons are poured into Ukraine. You know, we see it, of course, as perfectly justified because the Russians attacked an independent country. So we see it as something that should be done. But he, you know, Putin may not understand that uh, you know, he's supposed to not respond to it. And he just might. It wouldn't surprise me. Would it be a nuclear weapon? I don't know. Would it be uh, an American pipeline shutting down? Could be. There are you know, financial firms getting hit. Could be. Uh, but he's unlikely it's, I'd be surprised if he just allowed this to continue, uh, sort of unresponded to, that would be my, my sense of it. But it's it's almost as if he hasn't gotten the word how this is supposed to work, uh, but just keeps uh, upping the ante.
0: So Grant, look into your crystal ball and tell me how this continues to play out here, you know, in the next, uh, you know, in the next five days, um, will we simply see more of this? The Ukrainians will not surrender to them uh, until they have to, absolutely have to. The Russians won't have enough ass to get after the city. So we'll see this uh, daily uh, bombardment of population centers and, uh, and all the reporting that goes with that. But the Russians do not have the, the, the personnel to do decisive things now. And then the second part of the question is, the longer you force them to sustain themselves and to, and to operate log- logistics inside of Ukraine, the more they get weakened because that is supposedly, in all the military reporting I'm watching, a constant theme of MREs, uh, whatever their version is, are seven years old, right? Truck maintenance is horrible, um, and, they're, and they're struggling with their own mobility, so I'm curious, um, uh, what will we see in, in ongoing the next five days? And is does this play out, does this continue to get better, dare I say, in a relative context, the longer the Ukrainians drag this out?
1: In one sense, it gets better because it it makes the <laughs> and, and, and,
0: let me, and let me frame again. that. In a week, uh-huh. one yeah. city, one, uh-huh. one city, one city of substance has fallen. Kirsten in a week, of, 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 of the Russian, quote-unquote, blitzkrieg. Well, that's not so much a blitzkrieg, right? And so, um, um, so anyway, I interrupt. Excuse me. You know, you know I think in,
1: um, they is, it's a Russian defeat in the sense that the longer they have to, um, you know, attack Ukrainian civilians, have to, you know, hammer cities and kill civilians... Uh, it's a disaster for the Russians to have that going on in terms of militarily. Uh, it I, it seems to me a bit like a sort of a python kind of working its way around and uh, getting to where it can sort of envelop or strangle uh, sort of just um, its, ter- its victim. And so I think it's gonna you're gonna get these slow Russian maneuvers that gradually. Um, Say so cut off, you know, uh, Ukrainian forces. You know, take up, they take up more of the the territory, uh, and I think you're just going to see it play out kind of almost maddeningly slowly um, over the next week, two weeks or so. And the I don't, and some, you know, so I I don't know, but ultimately, but I think you, the Russians haven't. Uh, you know for all their in the incompetence the ineptitude that they've shown on the the military the military side of it um i don't know that that's really going to be decisive you know they it but ultimately i think they will keep moving and slithering uh, through the country and, and uh, isolating uh, the ukrainian defenses um so militarily i think they're probably they're going to win i suppose but the in terms of psychologically politically economically uh, I think it's uh, already a, a big defeat for the Russians, and I think that.
0: And ultimately, how this thing is gone? Do you see that um, Russia occupying all of Ukraine, eastern and western, as the objective, or do you do you look at based on where the operations are going and the amount of people he has there? That you know, as they begin to, I don't want to say negotiate, but. Um As that thing gets going, that you will see the nation you know cut in half, do you have any sense of that?
1: If I had to guess, I would say they'll um, be happy with Kiev and East. Um, I don't know that they would go all the way to the west. I think it'd be that uh, sort of the right two thirds and as part of this, they're going to insist on a change of government and <clears throat> a new government that explicitly promises to uh, be neutral that uh, I think, and not join NATO, etc, et etc. Cetera, et cetera. I think that's probably what the the Russians would settle for as a political uh, sort of settlement uh, just that's just my sense of it I don't see them going all the way to the west, but you know I've been wrong before right uh, but that's uh, there's a whole if you go to the left of Kiev to the the, the west uh, that's a pretty big slice of territory and it's not necessarily you know essential uh, you know, so that would be my sense for them. You know, for them
0: yeah. to achieve essential for them in terms of achieving, or what they want to achieve.
1: Yeah, I think that a change of government, you know, and a and one that is forced to say we are neutral, uh, we'll have nothing to do with NATO. I think that would be, um, that would be a a big deal for the the Russians to get that.
0: Got it. Well, you um, well, let me ask you. This. So, uh, and one of the other things that you see written about constantly is. How does what's gone on, uh, the world reaction, the reaction of the business world, how does this affect Chinese calculus relative to Taiwan? Does it?
1: I think it does. The, um, particularly, I think the Chinese have been, I've actually just written something about this. I don't know this has gone out anywhere yet. Um, but I think the Chinese are looking at Ukraine and thinking, you know, we may need to uh, recalculate a bit. Because um, um it may require more military oomph to uh, sort of bring Taiwan down. But I think they that you know, I think they were counting on the the cyber, electronic, the missiles, uh, the navy, the air that all of that was just going to just bulldoze or steam, you know, just you know intimidate the and um, sort of shock the the Taiwanese into giving up if the Chinese launch. Things. But what the Ukrainians are showing is that with some of um, the right weapons, you can make life very nasty for a, an invading force. In this case, it would be anti-ship missiles that can crack a ship in half on the other side of the Taiwan Strait. Right. So that I think the Chinese must be wondering about that, that it's the, the cyber thing doesn't seem to be quite as uh, uh, effective as, as people thought. Um, and all oh, but the bigger thing for the Chinese is that they, I think, have been surprised by the amount of economic and financial pressure that's been put on the Russians as a result of going after Ukraine, and I don't think the Chinese quite calculated that they too would, might feel that kind of pressure if they go after Taiwan, and that's a, something new for their calculations as I see it. Um and you know, they you look at this, as you said, the Russians are a pariah and will be for a while. Well the Chinese must be wondering if they are as well, and <laughs> the world will be. And also the well the Russians I think thought that they had their Quislings, you know, their traitors, you know, liberally salted in the, the Ukrainian political class and um but it didn't seem to quite work that way. And the Chinese must be wondering if they're getting their money's worth from all the people in Taiwan that they've bought out. Uh, so the, the Chinese are probably going to have to rethink this. Um, they, they will rethink it. But you know. So when
0: you say rethink it, so, okay, so if we look at this, the hammer approach, you know, might not be the way. So what's the next? Is the little, is gray zone operations? Um, is that the way? Cause that's a, that's a difficult, the gray zone event is a difficult thing to pull off. And, and again, I think if I, if you're the Ty- Taiwanese, what do you think? Like, well, hell, you know, we're not as encumbered relative to, to, to receiving weapons, uh, in t- as, as Ukraine was. We can get our hands on them. And if we get enough, uh, you know, anti-air and anti-ship missiles, I mean, we can, we can defend ourselves. That's what we've learned. If we, if we can create a military that can, that can become highly trained in those areas, we can defend ourselves. I mean, the Ukrainians have taught us that. And, and we'll have better weapons. We'll have more of them. And so uh, then the next proposition is the gray zone operations. And that's just really tough to do across that strait. So I'm, I'm curious your thoughts about that. If you were sitting at that OPT, trying to figure this thing out, well, how do we do it? And it just um, uh, seems very problematic if 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 you can't bludgeon the, the island, uh, and we have to do it in some other way. Because I mean, I, I would I would say, yeah, this. If if I'm them sitting in that OPT, I'm saying, hey, this does not, you know, you know what Ukraine has done is they've encouraged everybody, right, to fight. To defend yourself, to fight. And if the Taiwanese begin to arm themselves to the teeth, you know, with anti-air and anti-ship missiles. And then you have the Americans and the Japanese that say that they'll go in, they'll, they'll, they'll defend them as well. And the Australians and anybody else who's got a couple ships out there. I mean, shit, the Germans now or even, I mean, music to my ears is German saber rattling. Okay. I have to be very honest with you. I mean, it's I, it is it. It makes me so so happy that Germany will, you know, take its rightful place among free nations and begin to shoulder its share of the defense burden. God bless them, right? And the Japanese continue to wake up to that. Um, but I, if I was sitting in at an OPT as a Chinese military officer, I'd say you know, this this is very problematic for us if we if we can't bludgeon it. So I'm curious what your thoughts about. It. About if you don't bludgeon it, how do you do it? Gray zone stuff.
1: Well, that's a problem. You know, they thought they could subvert uh, Taiwan into just sort of giving up, um, and you know, they nearly got their own guy elected as president in the last election. You know, and he might have won if uh, if Hong Kong hadn't happened. Uh, so I think that you can get, just get one Manchurian candidate to sort of take over in Taiwan. That's you know one way to do it. Uh, but if the, the military sort of approach to it, you know, that's one that they're going to have to rethink it. And I'm not entirely sure just how you do it. If if you're them, you know, just get a lot more stuff. For, you know, I, I don't know. Because uh, they say the Ukraine thing has suggested that, um, you know, a, sort of a defender uh, with the right weapons can make it very, very difficult. And, you know, getting into Ukraine is relatively easy compared to getting across the strait. Uh, so,
0: yeah,
1: no, I don't have the answer you know, for that. But yes, certainly,
0: would they, you, you you would disagree that um, the sphincter ratcheting factor um, has gone up highly as as the world has watched this and the Taiwanese would draw the appropriate lessons from this. that be a, a fair okay. assessment.
1: I think they do. You, you never quite know, but I, I think they've you know the people who think about this stuff they've noticed. Uh, and you know, I hope they draw the right lessons uh, from it and do what's necessary. Uh, so, but it's, uh, it's, you know, I think that China has been very surprised by what they've seen. Great.
0: What what about what about the discussion in Taiwan? Is that a, a public discussion, watching Ukraine, this is what we must do? Have there been opinion pieces, uh, op-eds, editorials written about uh, the inspiration that, that the Ukrainians have provided the world, but in particular, the people of Taiwan?
1: A uh, few, you know, you, you do see it. Um, but really, it's in the, <laughs> excuse me, the defense, uh, military end of things that people are really noticing it and drawing the attention, drawing the lessons to, to be learned. So it's, it hasn't uh, that,
0: appeared in the Baltimore Sun yet of Taiwan?
1: Well, I, Taiwan isn't that sophisticated to have a Baltimore Sun, <laughs> um, but nowhere, worries. But they are not, not quite yet. But you do see plenty of mention. Of Ukraine, but more in a general sense, has been my observation.
0: Interesting. All right. Um, what are you writing about? The piece you said you 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 had written, but it hadn't appeared yet. What is that entitled, and what are uh, you addressing there?
1: Uh, it's something like uh, Ukraine's uh, defense. Will Xi Jinping need to what re- recalculat?e uh, His or, or go back to the drawing board? Something like that. Got it. That's
0: what it okay. is. Okay. You know. All right, so that that one's in the can. What's next? Now, no, now no, during times like this, do you have to increase your output, which must be painful for the procrastinator that you are?
1: It, well, diligent people would, but I I should, <laughs> but I don't. Um, I think the next one's going to be about um, uh, the Chinese, Japanese the Japanese finally being willing to shoot somebody. I think they've cha- the thinking's changed in Japan, and I think now they realize they just might have to fight. And that's the, you know, well, it's only taken 20 years to, to get here,
0: but that's the. Well, um, God bless them. Um, what about fallout from former Prime Minister Abe's uh, statements about hosting American nuclear weapons <laughs> and and, the, uh, and his comments about we need to do away with this whole idea of strategic ambiguity relative to Taiwan. We need just just to say it, we will defend them. Um, fallout from that?
1: Oh, you get he's getting criticized for it, but by the people criticizing him, most of them are glad he said it. Uh, he's saying what is widely believed in a large chunk of, the, of Japan's political class and its ruling class. You know, he's not the only guy saying this or thinking this. Uh, so it's you know, it starts the conversation in the way it works in Japan, and they'll gradually. Shift in the direction he's just just mentioned, but you get the immediate denials of it by the prime minister. Um, but that's not quite accurate at all. You know, he's obviously just saying what a lot of people are thinking.
0: Interesting. All right. Um, let me ask you one more question that somebody asked me. Um, so, and we kind of talked about this at the, at the, at the start, but um, no matter what level of incompetence. Um, conscript misbehavior, um, your assessment of the Russian military is still, they are the biggest bully on the block. And whether they're efficient at it or not, at the end of the day, and they will win, everybody else will lose. That is your Is that a fair assessment of your calculus right now?
1: Yeah, that's what I, th- I would say. Got it.
0: Got it. All right, Grant, first of all, uh, thank you for doing this, and uh, have a wonderful day, and we will certainly talk to you again this week.
1: Okay, sounds good. Thanks a lot. You bet. Mm -hmm.
0: That is Grant Newsham here on a Thursday with his normal, sober analysis of life. And again, particularly with his lens skewed to uh, things Chinese. Hey, you know, it's just interesting. When you look at it from Grant's perspective, and, and, and which is the Western Pacific perspective, so from the lens of the Taiwanese as they look at these events, what would you say? You know, I'd say, look, man, we need magazines, right? We need firing positions from inside mountains, right? And we're gonna waste, we're gonna waste whatever comes at us, right? And so, but we need to be able to shoot for ourselves and not have to rely on anybody. So we need large magazines, large number of weapons, and then we need to protect those gun systems. By They've got to be retractable, right? They'll open, they'll shoot. We'll acquire the target. You know, this thing will be on rails. The door opens, it goes out, it shoots, it retracts. Not a whole lot they can do about that except, you know, fire at the aperture. And so we'll have to have multiple firing ports. So, you know, and I mean very much World War II like stuff, right? But that's how we're gonna defend the island. From the Chinese perspective, you're watching this going, Ooh, that that's a lot of water for us to cover, that's a lot of risk, and <clears throat> and us getting people ashore is problematic. So if we had to do it another way, what would what would that be? and that's it you know like i said i mean the the way the russians did it but the russians had access to crimea was you know the little gray men and you know all the all their bullshit allegations and so russia has to intervene to protect russians yada 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 so um so yeah and that, that'd be a fairly interesting conversation to participate in cuz i don't i don't think the little gray men is a course of action and so to me the window, right? Given what's what's gone on, the window for China relative to Taiwan just went, just got shut. And if the Taiwanese people fund their own defense to the extent that they should, I think that yeah, that's a moot point. It ain't happening. So anyway, all right. The Mensa brothers will join me next, and so on this Thursday. So well, two thirds of the Mensa brothers, Jeff is traveling from coming back from his mother's birthday. God bless him. Jeffrey, the good son that he is. But Will and Tim will join me, and we'll kind of do our normal ops intel. Um, and so I'll hop in and, and do some operational stuff. Uh, the lead operational story, though, is the first city of note has fallen to, the, according to the Ukrainians, has fallen to the Russians, um, and that's Kyrson. And But think about that. In a week, in a week, one city right not a major city has fallen city kirsten like i think four hundred and fifty-six thousand people and um so we'll see uh how this goes more ball Marine radio coming up next starring the mensa brothers after grant newsham we're gonna talk to uh two-thirds of the mensa brothers joining me from mcallen texas is uh tim lynch tim good morning Morning, Mac. How are you? I'm good. And uh, from uh, Kansas, Will Costantini. Will, how are you?
3: I'm happy to be here.
0: There you go. Um, all right, uh, Tim, you want to give you a little down and dirty about uh, about events surrounding
2: uh, yeah, you, the, Ukraine? Yeah, uh, the the only thing that's of moderate surprise is the Chinese foreign minister, Wang Yi, uh, said that he is quote extremely concerned about harm to civilians end of quote which is interesting given the current phase of russian operations um th- really the th- what's interesting to me has been the re- been the russian reaction of the people such as the soldiers mothers committee which is an ngo from russia which is apparently fielding calls that hundreds of calls the ukrainians are are responding ukrainians are responding by putting some very effective I.O. operations into play, such as a find your Love bound website, where they put up pictures of everybody they've captured so the Russian people can look and see if they can't find some other loved ones. That's, that's, that's amazing. And just in case we did not think things were serious enough, Pornhub has cut off access to Russia, and only fans accounts for Russians in Belarus, uh, quote, performers, have been locked since this weekend other than that it continues to be the world against Russia with the only the, uh, the 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 few countries we discussed yesterday abstaining and that's pretty much all I've got for today
0: yeah as one of my sons said who will remain nameless nameless to protect him <clears throat> you know it's serious when they cut off the porn feed okay oh and, yeah uh, and I think those words would be true. Um, what, France or Germany seized a yacht, like $800,000 yacht from one of the oligarchs? I mean, so you're seeing well, shit. Not
3: 800000 it was It was an $800,000 yacht is a motorboat.
0: Yeah. That thing
3: was multi-million. I think multi-tens of millions.
0: Well, see, you can see who the pedestrian hit here. I, I have no idea. Will, Will with his Annapolis pedigree. Um, and Tim, who glommed onto that shit for a while, uh, so he knows how to fake it. Hey, um, hey I
2: lived up in Newport, brother. You can no, see some like, yachts you in could, Newport. You could, hey,
0: you could just hear it, right? Yeah. Um, but no, it gives you some indication when people are doing shit like that. Um, again, the surprising turn of the business community. But as we talked about yesterday, not so surprising, right? Because the world isn't so linked to Russia. So it's kind of easy PR stunt. If you will, I mean very easy for yeah. businesses to do that um i'll I'll run through some uh uh some operational uh news uh from the BBC um, <clears throat> Russian forces have seized control of the southern port city of Kyrgyzstan. now Kyrgyzstan, a, a a city of four hundred and fifty six thousand uh, i I believe is their population and and think about this eight days into this event. It is the first Ukrainian city that the, Ukrainians say, that the Ukrainians have said has fallen to the Russians. That is, that is unbelievable news. Uh, there are fears that mass casualties, um, <clears throat> civilian casualties, uh, are occurring in the besieged port city of Mariupol. And again, of course, they are. That's the Rus- The Russians aren't going into the city except after they've rubbleized it and destroyed most everything because they don't have the troops to do that. So that's what will happen. Despite heavy shelling, Kharkov remains under Ukrainian control. Okay? That is ex- as to be expected. Loud blasts were heard in Kiev overnight, but casualty numbers are still unclear. Ukrainians still in control of the city. The blasts evidently were what the Ukrainians claim were their surface-to-air missiles, intercepting missiles. Right. So you saw those brilliant flashes in the sky. Um, So that going on Um, elsewhere, that convoy that will will kind of quantified for us uh, seems to be stalled, according to American intelligence analysts, has not moved for three days. And since the Russians are operating in the clear, it's there's they're having maintenance issues. They're having broken vehicle issues. And uh, and they're struggling to to move. So again, uh, that in the news. Also in the news, a story I saw: uh, CNN reported U.S. delivers hundreds of Stinger anti aircraft missiles to Ukraine this week. The U.S. has delivered hundreds of Stinger anti aircraft missiles to Ukraine for the first time over the last few days, including over two hundred on Monday, according to a U.S. official and a congressional source. Brief two hundred stingers
2: and, and mac i saw footage of uh contractor airplanes uh in in the ukraine with uh with forklifts offloading what looked to me to be at the time um um the, the javelins but but that is that that aid to answer our questions from earlier in the week that aids flowing directly into airports in the west of the country and
0: yeah. then and then I, I then it's up to the ukrainian military to get it to points east right. and whatnot but let me tell you um, the stinger is what made Afghanistan a death trap for the Russians. And so a ground-to-ground fighting against the Afghans, you know, it was what it was. And uh, But that, that is no small uh, event. Um, another, another story, um, Ukraine, to receive more missiles, combat drones, according to their defense minister. So uh, they're getting another shipment of Turkish drones. Now again the question is are they shooters and do do the Ukrainians have an indirect fire capability that once they target somebody they can then go ahead and uh engage the target another story uh, I saw talked about Ukrainian SU25s I think and 24s engaging Russian columns now I'm I'm curious yeah I'm, I'm curious that, that any Ukrainian air is still viable and you haven't seen air dominance on the part of Russia. So I think that's pretty interesting tactical um, little revelation there. Um, Also, a story that's been rolling around for the last, I think, two days is, you know, this will take you back to Antietam with a war plan wrapped around three cigars. Ukraine reveals secret battle plans left behind by Russian troops and claim they show Russia's planned 15-day war. And so they show you these maps with graphics. Now, I don't know whether to believe that or not. But it's a a story that's been around. Um, It says an invasion map, a table of call signs, and a list of personnel were among the documents according to the Ukrainian Defense Ministry. So that story going around. Um, And then I'll I'll give you a few more things. Maripool, a strategic southern port near Ukraine's border with Russia. Uh, Civilians are trapped. The city's encircled. But again, that's as good as they can do, and we know that. Um, there has been no light, no heat, and no water for two full days, and we have hardly any food left, residents tell the BBC. If, Russian captures, if Russia captures more southern cities, Ukrainian forces could be cut off from the sea. And again, I think you can say that that will happen within probably the next week. Uh, talks are ongoing as we speak, and one million people have fled from inside. So really, Kharkov continues to be encircled, yet in Ukrainian control, which we expect being shelled and populations, the population is being hammered by the Russians. Uh, Same thing is happening in Kiev. And again, we talked yesterday that the the Russians don't have the ass um, to to get after the city, so they will stand outside of it and they will shell the shit out of it to include the population centers. And evidently they've begun to use thermobaric weapons, which is certainly in their arsenal, and they've certainly uh, used them in the past. And so that is kind of uh, went over the situation in the south a little bit with uh, Kirsten and Maripool, uh, Keb kind of in the central part of the country, and then Kharkov uh, on the north, and then the peace stuff going on as we speak, but nobody expects that to yield shit. Um, in a, in a, in one just kind of human interest story, um, somebody at the train station in Levev, how do you say that? L-V-I-V, how do you pronounce that?
2: Levev sounds good. L-
0: yeah, is, is Podcaster's play- rules. Is playing a piano at, <laughs> at the uh, at the train station, eerily mm-hmm. reminiscent of World War II and some of the shit you saw there. So anyway. Will, uh, business stuff? Um, <clears throat> Economic stuff?
3: Item one, uh, Transportation Secretary uh, Buttigieg got asked about Keystone Pipeline uh, and his response, I found interesting. We don't want permanent solutions to short-term problems. So the idea of the administration, um, you know, expanding domestic uh, energy or reliable energy, uh, no good. Uh, We currently, The number I got is our, and we say we, we as the US government don't import shit, but US companies import 200,000 barrels a day of Russian oil. And someone says, well, why don't we cut that off? But the world market oil is a fungible asset. We could, um, I'm not sure it really matters other than um, propaganda. You know, when I saw that Russian yacht being seized i find that interesting so because your government happens to be a belligerent i don't know how private assets get seized um and i'm not sure that that's a precedent that we would be happy with uh, around the world uh other things that, that got my attention you know this transfer of stinger missiles um, I personally don't believe that the Ukrainians are pure as a driven snow. And the idea of sending two hundred stinger missiles that we automatically lose control of as soon as they come off the airplane should give us some pause. And hopefully um, we got super smart guys that have got some sort of disarmed technology if we lose control of those things, et cetera. But two hundred stinger missiles loose in the world, um, first, just to be re, You know re-engineered uh and second who knows where they're gonna end up so i put that out there
0: re-engineered explain that what do you mean
3: well uh if if uh the russians or the chinese or the iranians uh don't quite have the technology of the stinger the ability to have one that's functional and break it down and completely understand it uh, might help them in some development i don't know Stinger is pretty old technology, um, but, you know, and, wh- and what happens when Ukraine falls? We're going to say, hey, of those 200, how many of you? Oh, we fired 11 of them. So here, we're going to give you 189 of them back. I, somehow I doubt it. And so at some point, yeah, we want to do resupply, but uh, sophisticated, look, a javelin is different than a Stinger right? A javelin doesn't bring down a civilian airliner. A stinger in the hands of a nefarious third party is dangerous. Um, Just on the propaganda front. So we've got um, commentators out there asking, why doesn't NATO just do an airstrike on That Russian column and deny that they did
0: anything.
3: (laughs) So of 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 the spectrum of people, who do you think made that suggestion?
0: I don't know. I don't know. Right right
3: side, right side of the aisle. Yeah, Sean Hannity did. So so you've got people who question, you know, who who got on this uh, sort of you know anti-neocon rescue the world we should be for our own, we should look to our own interests are now um, suggesting that we get involved at the tactical level. Uh, The president yesterday suggested in a speech that Putin watched January 6th on Capitol Hill and that led him to believe that he could go to Ukraine. I'm not quite sure how that narrative works, but it just it's interesting to me. Um, supposedly, there is video out there, or it might be on TikTok or Twitter or who knows what, where after the indiscriminate shelling of the Ukrainian cities, Ukrainian supposedly verified Ukrainian military uh, accounts have said they will not accept the surrender of Russian artillerymen. Nice. So they've committed crimes I mean again what is, interesting okay, exp- propaganda
0: build that out explain what that means
3: well they said basically because you've committed these war crimes by indiscriminately shelling our cities when we capture you we're going to slaughter you, <laughs> you like pigs
0: thank you that is yes um, that is the, that paint that the is, bus is, with their blood that is the that is a gentle gentle literal translation translation of what he was talking about
3: yeah, I mean, and so, so, you know, the bloodlust is getting up, which makes the idea of some amicable peace talks. Um, diplomatically, they would say, well, that poses some challenges. Um, <laughs> now, yeah, I, anybody uh, seen a casualty count that you could? No. No, nope. Yeah. I'm, nope. And I'm no, looking Ru- for something the, that the Ru-
0: gives a range. The Russians say, I think 28. No, the Russians say 500. The Ukrainians say they've killed 6,000 Russians, right? So, I'm just
3: wondering on civilians. Do we think that there's been 1,000 plus or minus 2000 is
0: 2,000 is the number I've seen. Yeah,
3: 2,000. It, it, so I figured plus or minus 25%, 50% maybe. So somewhere between one and 3,000 likely. And in a, injured is in a you've got to you got to put a multiple of three on injured, I would think. Maybe right. a multiple of five. So you're up in somewhere of ten thousand plus total civilian
0: casualties. And I would say that and number if, that number will triple by the end of next week because we're now yeah, into and, the phase where they're going to get after the civilian population with their indirect fire.
3: And also think about this. Um, so the supply line is broken down. So whatever you got is what you got, right? There's no resupply of antibiotics, tetanus shots, um, morphine
0: well, can I just uh, make a quick point? I mean, you may um,
3: <laughs> it is your show
0: <laughs> that was more of a, the grand that, that was a that was more of a rhetorical question, but I appreciate the permission um. It's good that the basic school is teaching foraging because maybe they'll get a call from the Russian military saying, "Hey, man, could you like send us the lesson plans to teach us foraging shit? Because we need to for we need to forage for like an army." Who's, who's <laughs> teaching
3: foraging? You kid yeah, the me, basic right? school. I mean, think uh, you know, think of oh the my stupidity God. of this. Whereas, um, it it becomes a math problem, right? A little bit. How many pounds of food does each person eat and how many gallons of water does each person require every day multiply it out i mean you're going to have half your unit out there deer hunting
0: it's ridiculous Um, and going to streams to collect water
3: that's always a good idea yeah i i just remember (laughs) in 1996 uh I was in the Adriatic, fall of 95, beginning of 96. That's when Bosnia <laughs> all kicked off. And we were going to go ashore and secure some of the key municipal installations in and around Sarajevo because that army unit was coming out of Germany and couldn't cross the river, got in there late, etc. So we went in and did a little site survey in there. And Sarajevo had been under siege for I don't know how long. You know, anecdotally, people in Yugoslavia were dying of lockjaw because oh, they shit. couldn't get a tetanus shot. And Lockjaw is a miserable way to die. Um, 100% but, fatality. Yeah, when, when, and it's a miserable way to die yeah. as well. You think about what's going on in these cities that become besieged. And, you know, we mentioned it briefly about um, Leningrad, St. Petersburg, 900 days.
0: Well, more recently, right? Sarajevo, right?
3: Yeah. It doesn't describe the human suffering. Um, Yeah, but the good news is that
0: we're all going to get a chance to watch it, though, if this thing gets extended. And I'll tell you what, I mean, Kiev will not surrender, right? Because they've got some scores to settle on the backside of this.
3: Yeah, the idea that, oh, you need a root canal? You know, dentistry goes right out the window. You need all kinds of different medical care in addition to the casualties that are produced. And imagine as buildings get rubbled, There are other cuts, abrasions, broken bones. Uh, Plus, people are reduced to eating. You know, we look at some of the recent sort of zombie apocalypse stuff, and no one there looks emaciated. But pretty soon, people start getting emaciated, and when you're down there eating the dogs in the modern world, and then hopefully you can find a dog to eat, right? is a is a it's a horrible thing oh it'll never come to that well fuck you how much food do you have in your house if you couldn't go to the store joke yeah we're fat city here in the us okay hold on you've got to be ugly
0: we've got eight minutes left you've got to go i've got i got two questions one will how is oil being paid for now russia essentially cut off from the world economic system uh, is that like accept oil transactions? How is that being done?
3: Yeah, I, I don't fully understand this right now. Um, what I understood was the Russian banks that handle the petroleum transactions have not been cut off from the SWIFT system. I have seen reporting that some banks are refusing to do transactions right. with the Russians. Um so again oil it's a big puddle and or it's like a bathtub and people are putting oil in and other people are taking oil out and it really doesn't matter in a lot of ways where it comes from so i sense um,
0: except if you can't that, pay for it if you I, I, except if you cannot right, transact if you can't for do, it. Yeah, yeah.
3: right but right. but they they could easily be doing transactions through um, look through North Korea through yeah, China a, you know, through the, one other, the point, other countries
0: one other point I want to make about our strategic in, interest in oil <clears throat> it's not in our strategic interest i think it is in our strategic interest to do that it is not in 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 the the party that owns the white house political interest to do that and they fashioned the nation right and now they put <clears throat> a boot on their throat and they will not admit the obvious okay that that this was difficult because we don't have the green infrastructure to do this right now. But we're going to shove it down everybody's throat for political reasons, right? Because that's the way I'm going to get elected. <clears throat> and now that the boot is not is stomping on our throats, we're still not going to admit it. So this is this is political, right? Um, interest, right? Not the nation's strategic interest. If they were interested in the nation's strategic interest, they would. They, they, would, they would ban that oil. that we, They would cut off more financial resources. They'd look at the nation and say, we are going to have some difficult times together with energy, right? I've authorized uh, for a period of 10 years these leases. So the oil companies that will go back in there and produce this stuff, which we need, right? Whether I like it or not, I, here's your president. I've got to do this, the Keystone Pipeline. You know, here's six things we're going to do right now. Because let me just tell you, the bullshit of the Strategic Oil Reserve Fucking clown. If you fall for that bullshit, you're a clown. This news in um, there is draft legislation in Russia to conscript any war protesters. That's pretty, <laughs> <laughs> that's the, the Russians have simple solutions to simple problems, okay? It's fucking beautiful.
3: Yeah, and Mac, your discussion, you know, there's we don't have the infrastructure in to do green energy, et cetera. There's not enough fucking rare earth materials to build
2: to ever do green energy.
3: To ever do the, the the green energy is a fucking myth. It's beyond stupid. Uh, we we should unleash uh, the the ingenuity of American entrepreneurs and allow them pr- to produce energy. Electricity is modernity. Without electricity, you are a caveman. You don't have, you don't have all the modern medicine, all the other things we have without electricity. To produce electricity, you're either going to do
0: it from a nuke. Yeah, you don't have Which it, is the greenest you, thing ever. You don't have the men, gonna, you don't have the Mensa brothers.
3: Yeah, or you're going to dig it out of the ground and burn old dinosaurs, uh, and that's all there is to it. Okay, all right, stop uh, there.
0: I, uh, you're leaving at ten. One of my rants. I know. The only thing that was missing was, God damn it, um, which you haven't dropped on us in a while. Um, I want you to be part of a Chinese OPT, military OPT, high level, looking at this and saying, hey, uh, the military, the big military event relative to Taiwan, do we need to rethink that? So give me some thoughts. Don't have to be mature thoughts, but give me some embryonic thoughts. And then after you do that, we're going to we're going to flip the table and, and do a version of this for Taiwan. So in about two and a half minutes, Will, uh, you don't get two and a half, but... Um,
3: I'll give you 30 seconds. If I was a Chinese military, and say, if you're going to do sort of a coup de main, then you got to do it. You, if you're exactly. there to encircle and terrorize and decapitate, you got to do it in 24, 36 hours. And so if our plan is not refined enough to do that, then we got to
2: rethink it. Got it. Tim? Completely agree. The, it, it, the lesson that that they must be taking right now is, if we're going to do anything like this, we better do it now because any delay. Of but Will, Will, Will time, says
0: not just now, but it's got to happen in a very very short period of time. Yeah, that no, that I'm. Kind also, of I
2: completely agree. i completely agree because any any delay risks the Taiwanese improving their defensive posture, but most importantly, improving their defensive psychology of the of their people got with it. The, using the Ukrainians as an example.
0: Okay, let's uh, flip the map and now be um, <clears throat> Taiwan uh, General Staff OPT. How have the events that you've watched here uh, changed the calculus for you, Nightingale? You go first, since you agreed completely with Will. I mean, that's so fucking un- well, That's so like unbecoming of anybody on All Marine Radio.
2: It well, it, it may. I can't think of the other time I've done it. I mean, this, is, this is twice now. I think I agreed with him about something last year. Mm-hmm. But to be that as it may if i'm if i'm the taiwanese what i'm looking at is the way that the ukrainian people leverage the strength of their people to enhance their armed forces i would immediately start thinking about playing off of that in order to increase the number of guys i can i can put under arms on short notice i would i would start working working along those lines to make my military a popular a popular option and a popular entity with the people which, according to Grant, I don't believe it is
0: right now, right. but it should um, be. I, the other thing I would say is, um, surface-to-ship missiles, right? Oh, Surfa- yeah. Surface-to-air missiles. We are be- going to become the mother load of that in those mountains in Taipei. We are going to dig. We're going to make this thing Iwo Jima. We're going to have multiple exits in, uh, for our rockets, be they surface-to-ship or surface-to-air. We're going to be able to roll those things out. And we're going to be able to take anybody on and we're going to have stockpiles as deep as anybody on this planet. Because as we've seen, if we can defend ourselves from that kind of shit, we can we can defeat them. And then if the Americans are serious and the Japanese and the Australians are serious about what they say and the free world comes out on the backside of this and says, yeah, we're not for that. Um, that's we are going to be a free nation forever. Well,
3: yeah, I would say one. Um... It's an unbelievable failure of Tim's not to agree with me more. Item two, um, (laughs) I would, if I was the Taiwanese, I would make sure that I had cyber dominance. Uh, And number three is I would attempt to figure out what are all my strategic assets and ensure that they are dispersed. Strategic assets, not necessarily military, but government uh, assets, economic assets um and then the last thing is i would have the propaganda in the can right now so that when it comes it's sitting you know on a on a server in um iowa that it doesn't have to come from taiwan but the propaganda that begins the io that begins is it's in the can it's done and it's out there
0: and... Um... Let me just add one thing to that along those lines though. Let me tell you, Zelensky, I mean, he just released another video. I'll tell you what, man, that guy is amazing. He, is, he, is, he has animated the world, right? He's given a face to to people all around the world that, to, that don't know shit about Ukraine, but most people know who that guy is now. And I would say we've got to have somebody like that, right? Whether it's the president, and she's a pretty articulate woman, Right or somebody, but we have to have a passionate, right, articulate spokesman that is gonna that is gonna be there to be able to animate the world in our in our defense because that is no, that's not a a a a, a just oh yeah that's bullshit. It's not. He's impressive, dude. Will you want to yeah, finish I, your thought?
3: Yeah, I, I gotta I gotta shove off, but I I will say an interesting thing to me yesterday. I'm playing cards in the casino and someone asked me what I thought about Ukraine.
0: Ah. That's, that's an burst. indicator.
3: That's an indicator because people, you know they sort of know who I am, they know my background, and shit does not come up. People at the card table talk about KU basketball and who you're betting on in the football game and the price of gas and all kinds of weird shit, but the idea so so the narrative is penetrating deep in the u s. that's my that's my indicator.
0: Got so, it. All anyways. Right. See so you well. I
3: got to shove off. I got two appointments I got to do here in short order. All
0: right. So. Well, we're going to ask Tim about agreeing with you, so you'll have to listen to uh, to find out what he says.
2: And I wish you a great day, sir. All right.
0: Sure. See you guys. <laughs> yeah. Timmy, react to a couple of headlines. All right here's one of them: Russians are targeting civilian residential areas.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's that's. Part for the course. It's it's sort of like what they do when they, because as we've been saying since day one, they don't have the infantry ass to get in there and do a damn thing. They have got few options.
0: And th- that's the plan, right? So when yeah. when, when the Ukrainians again, all, all you got to do is you know look at Grozny and uh, all these other things that they've already done. That's the Syrian plan.
2: Serious Aleppo.
0: Yeah, that's yeah, the plan. Yeah. We're just gonna we're gonna kill civilians until they all leave. Or, and surrender. That's it.
2: So now here's the thing: how much of this are we going to tolerate? We, as a as a West, I'd say, how how much of watching day after day of them pummeling civilians, dead kids being dragged out of the rubble, you know, blonde young, uh, uh, possibly attractive women whose faces are just a mass of bloody pulp? How much of that are we going to tolerate before people, politicians? force you into doing something that's stupid that's you see this is i i keep on thinking again the longer I, this goes yeah I, the more I, again, chance of us again if getting you don't here.
0: respect the nuclear and again you can imagine how he would do it right it would be a you know as uh, it would be a tactical nuke and yeah. that would be that, oh, would, yeah. that would be the calling card that would be the message and i'll tell you what um if you don't think that the stinger delivery got their attention right you don't understand history oh
2: yeah you oh, no, this history. is a,
0: but, but and that's just it. But you're, you, but Will's point and Jeff's point about, you know, a depot on the border, that's legal in international law. You can supply them with arms internationally, take it, them to the border, right? But do not get caught in their country, right, doing anything—because then you become a belligerent. And once yeah. you're a belligerent, then you—you you know, then, then in terms of the lawland warfare, Putin would be justified— if he then takes on another belligerent, so except, a, for,
2: it, except for he's 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 already violated international law by invading in the first oh, place. Right.
0: No, no, right yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So he's
2: already against against the law. But what I find interesting is you peel this back. You look at the two 2014 armistice when the last time that they went in with the little agreement. Russia signed that agreement not as a participant in the conflict, but as a mediator in the conflict. They they were able to to keep that fiction of those aren't our people, we don't know who they are, all the way up until the end, until they they absolutely were arranged a ceasefire with them as mediators, not participants. And I think I think that the administration's constant putting out there in the public arena what they were gonna do short-circuited their ability to try to pull that same kind of bullshit off. And 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 he paired I don't think he's got a plan B, which means that we're in very, very well, me, dangerous he, waters. He's,
0: he is he's executing plan B because plan A was the blitzkrieg.
2: That's that's true. Plan right. Plan B is just pummel them right. Yeah, that's yeah, a good point. Right. And let me just yeah. give
0: you an update around the northern part of the country, right? So, um, due north from well, kind of north, just barely north northwest is Chernobyl near the border. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, um, and then you had that's north of Kiev. Um, North-northeast is a city called Cherniviv, Cherniviv, right? Uh, and then uh, not quite 90 degrees east is Sumi. It's, it's you know, maybe 80 degrees, 75 degrees Sumi. Sumi has not fallen yet. Cherniviv has not fallen yet, okay? That's unbelievable. And, and, and these cities are right on the border, and, and they've held out. I mean, so, I mean... It, it it is stunning the lack of success and then you go then you go down you know Kharkov not falling yet and that's so that would be and,
2: um, and Bucha which partly fell I'm am looking live they're raising a the Ukrainian flag back over uh, back over in that city assuming that this is what I'm watching and not some bullshit propaganda. But man, they've taken cities back. Unbelievable.
0: Yeah. And then you go further to the south. So this would be from Kiev, maybe at about four o'clock. It's a, a large city called Luhansk, right? It hmm. is, it is it, although it may be encircled, it is still in Ukrainian hands. Donets may be encircled, still in Ukrainian hands. Mariupol been encircled for a while. Still right. in Ukrainian hands, and, and then a
2: the shit bombed out of it right. too. Right,
0: and then Maripol is still being contested, right? Uh, Melitopol still being contested. Kyrgyzstan fell, Odessa in Ukrainian hands. So, so I mean, you look eight days into this, right? Eight days into this, and and this is what's problematic about this for the Russians. Once we get once we get these cities to fall. Right, we can then take those forces, move them elsewhere, and mass against the, our 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 greater problems. The Ukrainians are not allowing them that. All right, they're not allowing them to be able to 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 consolidate and then and then ball up against that, which is giving them bigger problems. And again, as Tim said, um, but it, you can't get any real operational information about this kind of stuff. You know, you, you you look for trend lines in 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 news reporting, and then you know you try to have a grown-up approach to it, and as much as you want to root for, um, as much as you want to root for the Ukraine um, and their forces, and we certainly do. You know what we try to do is be objective. You know the sledgehammer that is the Russian military—that's no joke. The nuclear weapons that Vladimir Putin owns—that's no joke. So again, what can the United States do? <clears throat> and that is, you know. Um, everything we can do economically. And to get, I, I think the biggest um, thing that the United States hasn't done that is, I mean, can you imagine if we were, you know, buying, still buying steel from, from Nazi Germany in you know, 1941, you know, as they, yeah. ham- as they hammered the Brits right before yeah. Pearl Harbor. Yeah. But, you know, we, it's not in our strategic <clears throat> interest to cut off steel from Germany. So we're really not going to do it. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's, it's, I find it disgusting, and uh, and I you know a, 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 I think a true leader looks at the American people and saying I'm going to ask the American people to make a sacrifice. We will do everything we can to mitigate it, but the price of gas is going up. But but that is a political decision that he's making. It, it, it is, and it and that's it's what going makes to go it up. Disgusting to me. And,
2: and and the thing is, is that normally when you start seeing oil go up about eighty. 80- Eighty bucks a barrel or so, or something. That's this. That's the high sign to start fracking here in South Texas, where, which has it. Which which when the when when oil's below fifty, is not economically feasible to do that. Right. Now you're up about hundred and ten or so, and I and I actually called the Ainsworth truck and asking if they needed some more pushes. If they're if they're starting to take off, they're not taking off because nobody under nobody trusts the administration right. to not interfere with the energy extraction business, right. and so. Dude, no, and, and it's, the it's same thing goes
0: with leases and the Keystone Pipeline, and that is this. Look, um, unless you give us 10 years, an, an arrangement for right. 10 years, right, we don't trust you because we're going to we're, we're gonna have to front these capital costs and things like that to turn this stuff on, and, and we will make it independent again, right? Yeah. Just let us do it, right? But, but But politically, right, you will change the game on us, and we don't trust you. And that's and that's yeah. where we're at. Uh, next 24 hours to me. Uh, is there anything that, that you're looking for?
2: Um, well, I've, I've been saying the capital city, as long as it stays stays alive, that's significant. And it's been staying alive all the all this time. I've been noting and when I'm working out in the gym, the battle of the networks as far as who they've they've got in there. CNN trying to trying to become respectful with Jack Tapper. But they got some British dude from ABC and that guy's never worn a helmet. I don't care what he does. He, the The camera comes on him, and he whips off his blue helmet, and he's got a baft from hell. I mean, this thing is beautiful. <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell? So, um, so on the on the amusing, and it seems that ABC is taking the morning the morning viewership, based on the British dude's hair. I, I would, uh, I would assume. And something else that 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 was irritating me as I was reading. There's a lot of traffic coming out about Russians being impacted. And I was reading an NPR-like story about the Russians who normally travel to to, uh, two times overseas a year that are canceled or whatnot. But they said, well, at least we got our money back from the airlines. And I'm thinking back to COVID. when, when, When my wife and I had tickets to go see my parents in Florida, we didn't get our monies back
5: no you weren't you were (laughs) you were were one of those
2: things that was pissing me off about america every once in a while i get irritated about some of the things we do and that includes the airlines that are run by guys that get sixty thousand a day unbelievable but other other than that little bit of stuff those are my two impertinent observations that and the and the porn thing that's always a bad sign
0: the um i'm i'm curious to see manifestations of Uh, the stingers that have been delivered because you know, I mean, those things need are needed now. And, uh, and again, I mean, um, and then the other thing is how many rockets, how, how many, you know, I don't know how many precision guided, you know, ballistic missiles have been fired. I would, I would, I I would, I would venture to say a lot, a shit ton, because that's way the Russians do it. But how much do they have?
2: That's another good question.
0: How much do they have? Because once you see those things go away, right? Now you're talking about tube artillery with, uh you know, with now we're back in World War II again. And so, and, um, yeah.
2: And Russian ordnance, because God knows how much I ran into this over in Afghanistan, old stockpiles or whatnot. They they don't have Comp B. I think they use a TNT based explosive accelerant, and that shit leaks. And so you uncover these old catches, and you'll see clear liquid down at the bottom. That's nitro-fucking-glycerin. I mean, they're very unstable. So even if they have a prolific number of artillery shells and uh, we'll assume rockets loaded on standby, the way that those things are stored and the way that they treat them, I, I don't think they're that, that usable. They, in other words, they've got logistic problems we don't have because we got enough money to do it right the first time. You know what I mean? Right. So we'll have to see.
0: Right. You're right. Yeah. That's why the Stinger thing to me is, is such a big deal. And, uh, and again, as the Ukrainians... Uh, settle into this fight now and it's now you're going to see less movement because you're seeing cities under siege and so you're going to see people parked and and so as there's less movement does that present targeting opportunities for them yeah and uh and again the fact that i saw you nodding your head but when um when you see a report that there are still ukrainian aircraft in the air
2: it's
0: unbelievable. Yeah, um, yeah unbelievable. I, and again, I, is that true or not? And so, but again, the Stinger thing, right? The Javelin thing, right? Those things. When when you you see hundreds of those missiles being delivered, right? Think think about those with those javelins. They're supposed to be one shot, one kill.
2: Oh, those are yeah, yeah. And I I saw tape of us two guys launching two Stingers at a fast mover. And I don't think they got it. I mean the fast mover came right down them. They they were on it fast. I, I think those stingers are 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 very effective against helicopters. I just don't know about fast movers. Because it seemed to me that that the uh, it seemed to me that whoever the Russian was flying knew that he had been, been shot at and he was on the deck doing this shit and those missiles didn't come close to him that I could see. But I, I just don't know. It'd be be decent to have somebody who knows something about those weapons to, uh, tell us about it because i really don't
0: got it got it all right all right timmy first of all thank you very much for doing this and uh, i'll talk oh, to you more always always a
2: pleasure we got to talk about that war game tomorrow with Jeffrey yeah yeah no because well, uh, because we... that that thing that that thing there end up in the same space but they had air dominance they didn't have <laughs> ukrainian jets attacking them this is this is phenomenal the, the, what we're seeing right now, just right. unbelievable.
0: And I'd love to hear, um, I'd love to hear General Van Riper and General Zinni's thoughts on this. Oh, so, Jesus so I'm going sh- I'm to shoot him an email today and see if they, they they'll come on and talk about it. And oh uh, hell, hell yeah! See if General Van Riper's seen the war gaming and uh, and and I think they will speak very matter of factly. No no no, this is the way it, it it was always you know thought to go, and that is the Russians will roll in, you know the Ukrainians will they fight. Answer was always yeah. Of course they will, and uh, if you know the history of them as a people, and then it would it'd settle into this siege like we saw in Grozny and things like that, and uh, and then the question would be, would they do? Would the Russians do it as the world watched? And uh, so anyway, um, but again, you have a, uh, you know, right now you have uh, President Zelensky appealing to President Biden, saying, you know, shut the sky. Yeah. And, you know, and we just can't do that. If you do that, you invite nuclear attack on somebody.
2: But how, how, how much pressure are we going to take from all of, our, uh, uh, all of our civilian people, all of our citizens, when they start seeing the, the reality of what it means to go start reducing people by, by 155 artillery rounds? That's, that's a brutal business. Yeah, but,
0: but, but look, do the math. Right. Oh, I know. If they drop a tactical nuke on a medium sized city of 200,000 and they kill how many? I mean, it makes everything else look like chicken shit.
2: I, exactly. But I'm just saying there's going to be a lot of pressure building up to do something. You wait and see. And I don't trust oh, no, no, our no, no. I, leadership not to do to, to be able to to say, no, we're, we're we've got this. We're not doing a goddamn thing. Um, risky because I, I don't think I think they could be talked into doing something. Man, oh man, got got that <laughs> it can get out of control fast.
0: Got it. All right, Tim. Yeah. Thank you.
2: Yeah, I right, bet. Have a great day.
0: You bet. That'll do it. If you're just tuning in, um, you heard Grant Newsom, you heard Will and Timmy this morning, and uh, thanks for listening. I'm Mike McNamara. This is Almane Radio. We'll be back tomorrow. Have a good one. On that note, I'm out.